0: On the throw to first base, and the Royals have tied the game. For the very best in baseball, this is the place you want to be. We're where you want to be. Baseball with the Royals. Let's get it going on the Lockdown Royals podcast, a part of the Lockdown Podcast Network, your teams every day. I'm your host, Roland Styles. You can follow me on Twitter At Ryland underscore Stiles. It's at R Y L A N underscore S T I L A S. You can also email the show lockdownroyals at gmail.com with all of your questions, you know, topics and concerns you may have. On today's show, we're going to talk about the OMB draft again. Soon after I put out yesterday's podcast about Major League Baseball putting out a plan for the draft, the Players Association rejected. That virtual draft plan. We'll get into that. Also going to talk about this season and and what it will feel like, what it will mean, and when it could start. And then we have a topic from a listener at the end. So let's start with the easiest one to knock out, and that's the MLB draft. So here's what you need to know before we get into this topic. The draft is not going to happen as normal. It's going to be done totally virtually, which is fine. But Major League Baseball wanted to Limit the rounds from 40 to 10 at, at the most. 5 to 10 rounds. And that has to do with money. You know, If you're only picking up 5 to 10 more prospects, you're only paying out those signing bonuses. They also capped off the signing bonuses for those people that go undrafted. And they've set up a system to where you're actually not going to pay the signing bonus up front. It's going to be half this year, half next year. And it'll continue that way for the next couple of drafts to kind of spread out the money that will be lost due to the lack of revenue, lack of games and things like that. However, Major League Baseball PA has vetoed this pitch. And it's kind of interesting to me that that the players association is in fact looking out for their, you know, younger players, which, you know, some players associations don't do that. But the players are saying, "Hey, look, I mean, you're only going to draft, you're going to go from taking 40 prospects to taking 5 or 10. That's really going to limit the amount of players that we give opportunities to, obviously. And so they don't like that fact. They also don't like the limiting of uh, the, the salary, excuse me, the signing bonus. I, I see the players' concern in this. I don't know how you, because I also see the owner side of it of, listen, we're not generating enough revenue to warrant drafting 40 players and, and give them signing bonuses lucrative enough for them to sign with us. So at that point, if you cannot offer them enough money to get them to sign with you, you're kind of just turning your wheels at that point because the NCAA has already allowed every prospect to return to school if they want to, even if they were a senior. So you don't have that leverage anymore of kind of lowballing a senior because he has no other option. The seniors this year do have an option to go back to school. So I see both sides. I see what the players are saying and the owners are saying. I don't know how this shakes out, but the only thing I would say that has to happen is there has to be a draft in some way. At some point, these two sides, the player association and the owners, have to come together and agree to terms on a draft because what you cannot have happen is there be no draft at all. I don't know what the owners could offer to get this through. I mean, it, it, this works the same way every negotiation does. The owners pitch something, the players reject it, they say, okay, I'll pass, I'll pass this drafter that I hate if you'll give me something else. I don't know what that something else could be. As you know, if you've been following... You know, baseball and the inner workings of the collective bargaining agreement, the two sides are not on the best of terms, so it doesn't sound like, you know, there'll be much leeway or, or, let's say, much leniency with the players and the owners, but I just struggle with what what's the other option here, because it's going to be hard enough to find 10 rounds worth of prospects whenever you don't have, you know, this season for, for minor leaguers, you don't have this season for college players or high schoolers I should say how do you find enough players you know that that weren't being drafted at this point to fill up more than 10 rounds and then with the lack of revenue that we think could hinder the the the, the payroll so we think could totally change what you can spend at the major league level If it's going to change what you can spend at the Major League level, if this is going to impact Mookie Betts' contract this offseason, then it's absolutely going to impact every player you draft and their signing bonus. So it doesn't seem like there's a good solution for this, but there has to be a draft. And I'll say it again. What you cannot do, the only thing that would ruin... And decimate some franchises in this. It's not canceling the season. It's canceling the draft. While this draft will be harder than ever to find prospects and to find talent, you still need to give teams like the Royals, teams like the Indians, teams like the Rays, teams like the the Marlins, you still need to give them the shot, the Tigers, to get young, cheap, controllable talent. That's how those teams sustain. That's how those teams eventually turn into contenders. It's through the draft. It's supplementing talent that you lose in free agency with the draft. And again, it will be harder than ever to hit on draft picks. And I wouldn't be surprised if this is the lowest success rate in Major League history out of the draft. I wouldn't be surprised if you see the least number of players go from draftees to the majors in this draft class when it's all said and done. But you still have to give them the chance. Because even if you push the draft back next year, it creates such a slippery slope that could end up hurting teams like Kansas City in the long run. Your small market teams that can't afford to go out and, and grab a Mookie Betts. Or even grab an above average player in free agency. The teams like the Royals who spend free agency looking for Lucas Duda and Michael Franco. You know, guys who are taking, you're taking a flyer on guys hoping that they can pan out. So the draft has to happen, but it will not happen the way we discussed yesterday. This came out last night, you know, around 11 o'clock that the, that the Player Association just totally shut down this this pitch to, to have a five to 10 round draft, uh, which it's surprising it took this long to, to get the PA to, to kind of say no, because the five to 10 round thing has been around for a month. You know, it's it's been it's been well known for a month, so I'm not sure where the hiccup came yesterday. Maybe yesterday was just the official pitch, and so once they made the pitch official, then they got it turned down. But you know, I would think that we would have, we would have heard some some grumblings about the player association not liking the the model. You know, a month ago, whenever it first came out. But nonetheless, the draft I think will happen. Again, it was scheduled to five to ten rounds on June 10th. I don't know if they can work this out by June 10th. But at some point, it, it's got at some point it's got to be worked out. I want to talk about our good friends over at postmates who have just made my life a, a lot easier during quarantine, from you know going on grocery runs to picking up food and delivering it so that way you can continue to st- uh, stimulate the economy and your local businesses. They've been a lifesaver for me, and I want them to be a lifesaver for you. They have the ability to bring you necessities right to your door without you even opening the door. Just leave it at your doorstep. You're going to be totally compliant with social distancing. You're going to be totally safe. They're just going to leave it there for you. No contact on their deliveries. And Postmates is not just picking up food or or picking up burgers and sushis and doing all of that. They also can bring you things from Walmart, Walgreens, 7-Eleven, clothing stores. Whatever you need, they can drop it off right outside your door. So they make make your life so much easier, especially during these difficult times here. All you have to do is download the Postmates app for iOS or Android, find your local places, find your favorite places, and get anything you want delivered within the hour. A speedy delivery, you can do a ton of things with this app. Number one, you can stimulate your local economy, which is great and should be the most important. Number two, you can social distance, which is equally important, and you need to continue to social distance even as we start opening things back up. It's so, it's so important to continue to take these measures to make sure we don't see a second wave. We can get baseball back in our life. So please, please, please continue to social distance, and Postmates, make, Postmates makes that so much simpler. All you have to do, though, to get all these features, to, to get things delivered right to you within the hour, Freaky Fast right here for, from Postmates is download the app for iOS or Android and for a limited time Postmates will give you $100 of free delivery credits for the first 7 days. For the first 7 days I'm offering you $100 of free delivery credits. So until you spend $100 you don't got to pay a single delivery fee. That is a that is a huge deal for you. All you got to do download the app, put in code locked on again. That's code locked on for that $100 of free delivery credits for your first seven days with the app. Download the Postmates app on your app store today. Anything you need, anytime you need it, Postmate it. So I want to talk about this season. And it was announced yesterday that, you know, by a ton of people, the first person that I saw had it was the Dallas Morning News, uh, you know, that a lot of people around baseball and inside of baseball are, are picturing a, a July 4th, opening day. And that makes a ton of sense to me. Not only will that seemingly be enough time for you to be able to return to your home cities, have a brief spring training period, get back into baseball shape, get ready to go, you know, doing all that at the start of of June, and then by the start of July be able to play baseball games, but... It would also be a a beautiful narrative, a beautiful story, if after a global pandemic, after all the uncertainty, after all of the, you know, kind of difficult times we've all faced, you know, personally, economically, just everything that people have faced throughout this pandemic... To have baseball return on July 4th for those of us in the United States would be huge. It would be a, it would be an awesome moment. I think it would be a legendary moment. It would be something that you would never forget. And as someone who creates content and enjoys, you know, the media side of things, that would be an amazing narrative to spin. That would be an amazing storyline to follow of just how that could rally the country and, and kind of put everyone at ease a little bit, at least return to some form of normalcy. There's going to be no fans in the stands, so that'll be weird, but at least we'll all be gathering virtually again in the sense of we're all watching baseball together on Twitter, social media, this podcast, we're all talking about baseball again and kind of just escaping from what has been a difficult time for everyone, you know, with baseball again on July 4th, which is again, for those of us in the United United States is a huge deal. Uh, So, I think that would be awesome. I think that that's feasible. You know, I, I'm not going to pretend that I'm a doctor uh, or that you know I have advanced knowledge on how the coronavirus will spread or won't spread or if it'll come back or if it won't come back. But I think given everything that I've read and, and given how positive baseball is speaking on this, I think that by July 4th, we could see a return to baseball. Uh, and again, if, if we're having opening day on July 4th, that'll be huge. That, then that'll be... It'll be emotional. It'll it'll be awesome, I think. Uh, But I want to talk about what this season will mean. And I totally and absolutely mean just on the field. You know, forget about the sappy stuff that we just talked about. But on the field, okay, if your team wins a World Series or makes the playoffs or wins the division or goes to the pennant, if your team accomplishes something this year, does it still feel as good as normal? If you cannot paint the town blue like like, like Kansas City was when the Royals took off in, in, in the later stages of 2014 and 2015 in 2016. I mean if you've if you've been a royals fan you know your whole life for at least for a decade, you'll know that Kansas City, was a Chiefs town and it is still a Chiefs town, has always been a Chiefs town. But you'll know that, you know, before 2014 and even during 2014, the Royals did not really register with a lot of people. And I get that that's a, a sensitive subject for a lot of Royals fans who want to act like, you know, Kansas City is the best sports city in the world. And and to a degree it is. But Ned Yost had to beg for fans to come out to the ballpark, come out to the K. In August of 2014, the year that they went to the World Series, they still were not seeing that attendance number rise at the rate they wanted it to. And then all of a sudden, they make the postseason go on a huge run, and you can't you can't keep Royals apparel and you can't keep Royals memorabilia in on the shelf. I mean, it's flying off the shelf, and people who have never watched baseball before are tuning into baseball games and becoming all these you know huge Royals fans. And that doesn't take away from the experience; that makes the experience because when have we ever seen you know more chiefs you know more royal stuff than chiefs stuff out there you know in october in november you know celebrating the world series and 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 being more interested in what the royals were doing and the chiefs never went away but the royals took on a huge boom which made that run that much special because it turned in it, it turned from okay there's a few baseball fans we're all hanging out we're all talking to the entire City, you know, the entire area, you know, states, you know, Iowa got into it, Oklahoma, Kansas, Missouri, states, regions got into the Royals. I mean, and it made that experience so much more. If we cannot celebrate, you know, a season that way communally, doesn't mean as much to that fan base that they did win a World Series or whatever. And then, furthermore than that, again, if we're changing divisions and you win the Major League Baseball West, again, if they take away the AL and AL and just combine the Western divisions and then add a team to it. The same way for the Royals, you're just going to combine the Central divisions and then also pick up the Braves, because the Braves are in the AL East, not the Central. Also pick up the Braves. Excuse me, the NL East, obviously. Also pick up the Braves. Does that does winning that division mean as much in an 80 game season, in a 100 game season, that it would had you won the AL Central, had you won your division that you've played in, you know, for basically a lot of you know, our entire lives if you're a young Rollers fan. The division that you know, the division that you'll play in next year, the division that you'll always refer back to. That I, I just wanna know, will this one off championship, this one off, you know, title? Again, there's if there's no AL and there's not gonna be an ALCS, there's not gonna be an NLCS. So there's not gonna be an American League pennant that you get to raise. So I, I was, I'm just wondering, will this still feel as good if if your team, which, again, it's not going to be the Royals. it's, it's They're not going to win anything this year. But in general, if you were a fan of, say, the Dodgers, who could win the World Series this year, would it feel as good to win it this year in a shortened season with a ton of asterisks of, you know, no fans, you know, change of the division, combining divisions, No American League, no National League. You get to add the DH, which, not that they need it it at all, but it really helps the Dodgers' lineup whenever you consider how deep they are. And now, instead of having starters on the bench, you have starters in that lineup at the DH spot. But I think that it'll obviously still feel good for fans to win a championship, but I don't think they'll have that same experience that, say, Kansas City got in 2015. So I do wonder what that reception will be like whenever they do win a championship. And then you think about Kansas City. I mean, the Chiefs just won a Super Bowl. And I talked about this on the Arrowhead Addict podcast that I host with uh, Sterling Holmes of ESPN Kansas City, which you can find everywhere you get your podcast from, Arrowhead Addict Podcast. You know, they have a ring ceremony coming up. You know, they have a a championship banner night coming up. And you remember how big of a deal that was as Royals fans, you know, how big of a deal it was to watch that banner fly high on ESPN – Sunday night baseball opening day against the Mets. You remember that. You remember where you were. You remember how that felt. You remember sitting on your TV from 3 p.m. even though the game didn't start until 7 because you did not want to miss a second of that banner ceremony. Or if you got you know got to the game at 2 o'clock even though the game didn't start till 7 because you don't want to miss a second of the atmosphere. So if you're the Chiefs, what are you going to do? If, if, let's just say worst case scenario, we start the NFL season, we can't have fans there. What are you going to do? Do you save that banner night for the next year whenever you can have fans? Do you save that banner night for December whenever maybe fans can start coming back and feeling arrowhead if they can't do it in August or September or October? How do you handle that? There's a lot of questions about these championships. And and as long as we, again, I'll say it again as I did earlier this week, as long as we continue this latest plan of It sucks, but let's just combine the regions. Let's combine the Central. Let's combine the West. Let's combine the East. If we do that and we play 80 games to 100 games, that's going to get you the most accurate representation of what actually would have happened. That's going to get you the most realistic outcome. So that that takes away my concerns because that Grapefruit League and Cactus League plan was terrible. It was a joke. If the Royals got to play, the Mariners... And Rangers, as their, as their toughest competition in their division, I feel totally confident in the fact that they could win that division. I'm very bullish on this competitive lineup that they have rolling out there. If you can get a good season, which it looked like you would have, out of Josh Stomont, out of Trevor Rosenthal, call up Brady Singer, I think that they could have won that division. So that, that would no longer be an accurate representation of what should have happened this year. That would have been a huge asterisk. If we do this latest plan, I think that the... The merit of winning the title, while it will have a story behind it, it will still be earned. My question is, though, for the fan base, would it be the same? Let me ask you, would it be the same for Kansas City? If they go on a miraculous 80-game run with no fans, if they go on a miraculous run and they win the World Series somehow, which, again, with this plan of having to play the Cubs and the Cardinals and whatnot, it's not going to happen. But if they did... There's no way that that feels the same way as it did in 2015 when you can congregate at Power and Light, at, at the K, you know, in the community, and really embrace and really soak in that championship atmosphere. It'd be, it'd be awesome. So how would it be if we're still social, social distancing and we're still not being able to go out in the community and celebrate and, and gather and do things like that? I'm just interested in how this all unfolds. I teased a listener question or a listener topic uh, at the start of the show. That came on the email from Frank. Frank, I'll get to that on, you know, next week's show. I'll get to that. The first show next week will have your comment in there about MLB.TV because it is a topic that I do want to address, and I do want to, you know, voice my concerns over the same concerns that you have, but we'll do that next week on the first show of the week. This was a fun week, a three-episode week. Again, only three episodes during quarantine. But once we return to baseball, once we return to normal in sports, this will be an every single day show on the Lockdown Podcast Network. It'll be a ton of fun, and I cannot wait to get back to normalcy. I appreciate the support this week, though. It's still been great. You know, the support has been awesome. I cannot thank everyone enough for continuing to listen to the show, despite there being no baseball and despite your lives probably all changing dramatically, you know, unless you just already work from home and you're totally fine like me. But, you know, those of us that have already worked from home and that we're already trying to make their living at home, you know, those of us are few and far between. So I understand how difficult this time is for most of you. So the fact that you still carve out time in your new schedule to listen to the show is pretty awesome to me. Again, you can follow me on Twitter at Rylan underscore Stiles. It's at R-Y-L-A-N underscore S-T-I-L-E-S on Twitter. If you don't have Twitter but still want to interact with the show, go ahead and hit me up on the email, LockedOnRoyals at gmail.com, as Frank did. You can throw out topics you can throw out questions, you can throw out your opinions, and I'll read them off and tell you if I agree with you or disagree with you, and you know we can have an interaction that way. Also, you can check out the Lockdown On Rose Fantasy Baseball League. It seems like we will have a baseball season, so that means that we're going to have a like fantasy baseball league, and same thing, Twitter or the email, send me your ESPN username, I'll invite you to the league, and we'll get going that way. Be good and be good to one another, and we'll see you next time on the Lockdown Rules Podcast, a part of the Lockdown Podcast Network.